This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. All right, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Review right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I'm one of the hosts of the show here, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter. And on Instagram at MichaelRitter5, also the host of the Football Function Podcast, available on all of your podcasting platforms, including the one that you're listening to this show on, and also available on Patreon if you want an ad-free experience. As always, joining me on this episode of SmackDown, the 75th, I wanted to point that out really quickly, 75th review that I've done here on the show, probably like the 10th or 11th for John, I'm not really sure here, but... Joining me on this episode, John Carrasco, at Big Speaker on Twitter, B-I-G-G underscore speaker. John, how you doing, bud? I know this was a pretty good week for you and your personal life. We'll kind of get into that a little bit. I know it's a wrestling show, but, I mean, you're a Raiders fan. Anybody who knows you or follows you on Twitter knows that. So, how you doing? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, been a great week, I guess you could say, on top of the good. But, uh, I mean, we're here. I mean, we're rolling through the week. I mean, getting ready for, you know, what we got going, the SmackDown review. So, yeah, I mean, the show is very exciting, so I'm ready to get into it. But, yeah, I do appreciate the shout-out and everything like that. And Mike got a little bit of news for everybody. We're kind of in a new setting and everything like that. So I'm going to let him go ahead and take over right there. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, obviously. I mean, like just prefacing this, we are like this is the first time we're kind of recording the podcast in an actual podcast studio. This thing has kind of been being put together for a while now. Um, obviously, like I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, I actually have a football podcast as well, and I've been doing this podcast here on the WWE podcast for, like I said, seventy-five weeks straight. This being the seventy-fifth episode, so. This is a long time coming, us kind of building a podcast studio and getting it together. Actually, shout out to John, though, because he's the one who actually got us over the last hurdle software-wise, equipment-wise. He kind of got us over that last hurdle that we were kind of having a little bit of trouble figuring out, like, what to do, like, as far as, like, technology goes. He got us there, and uh, he provided it. So shout out to John, obviously, but... Yeah, so we're, we're going to want to get y'all's feedback as far as like how we sound, because this is different. Normally, we do this virtually. We're in the same house, but we're in different rooms. Now, we're in the same studio. We're in the same room, so it's definitely going to be a little bit different, but we did want to get that out of the way first and foremost, so I do feel like it's fitting, though. 75th episode, kind of taking this next step. It's different for, I mean, everybody involved, so I'm, I'm excited to kind of get into this. I mean pretty good episode of smackdown as well the one that took place on march 18 2022 from charlotte north carolina but before we get into that there was a little bit of news that happened here in wwe and it is cody rhodes i guess there are rumors that he is officially back in the wwe i know you're not extremely familiar with him but this is a pretty big needle moving item i mean i saw it on the internet this is the first move that actually is aew to WWE like it's not like vice versa and I know he was in WWE a long time ago so technically he's like doing a little bit of like hot potato going back and forth but he's the first like big star that was in AEW to come back to WWE so I mean that is a little bit noteworthy there I kind of wonder if there's going to be any like interviews or any like shade thrown at how things were done over there kind of similar to how like 
WWE is known that wrestlers go over there and they kind of, you know, like to throw dirt on WWE and the way that they do business. And sometimes rightfully so. I mean, sometimes those situations kind of are warranted. John Moxley, Dean Ambrose kind of is the textbook version of that, I guess, if you want to go back and listen to that interview. But I guess on that note, I kind of want to get that out of the way. Is there anything you want to talk about Raw-wise? Anything wrestling in the week? Anything you want to get off your chest before we officially dive in to the 75th episode that I've been doing here? And I, I'm not going to talk about that to the entire show. I just kind of keep seeing it here on my notes, and it is, it's nice to uh, to hit that milestone. So is there anything else you want to say before we dive in here? Well, I mean, I really don't got too much. I mean, of course, I mean, there, there was a lot of big news in the WWE world and everything like that. I want to give a... Like, I guess a shout-out to Big E, you know, hopefully he's doing good on his recovery and everything like that. And also kind of want to touch base on the Scott Hall thing, man. That was definitely pretty touching. Yeah, yeah I just wanted to kind of just go over that right there. No, I'm actually glad you brought that up. That's definitely worthy to to talk about here before we actually continue on with the show. I mean, obviously, Scott Hall, he's a Hall of Famer, and he's a, he's a Hall of Famer as Razor Ramon, you know, it's his career, you know, in the mm-hmm. early, early 90s, and then turning into his real – you know, persona, Scott Hall doing the NWOs where his career actually took off and being there, you know, their partner with Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan, me and you both being WCW guys kind of at the very beginning of our wrestling days, kind of lets this hit a little bit closer to home. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of the thing that I told Caleb and Ashley whenever we were watching, you know, wrestling this week, cause they did the tributes to Scott Hall. And it's just really weird seeing, the graphic of somebody who like you actually watched and grew up watching that they actually died. You know, we've kind of seen this before with various wrestlers over the years. It's never really something that you get used to, but it's something that's never, ever going to change. And then the older you get, the more it's going to happen, you know, like the more you're going to just wake up one day and find out that one of your favorite wrestlers growing up is like getting older and dealing with stuff in their own life and things like that. So it's kind of crazy to, to think about from that aspect, but it's also just you know, crazy in of itself of how this happened, given that it was like a true reg, a a regular hip replacement surgery and having three heart attacks because of complications or whatever. And ultimately ended up, you know, passing away. Definitely, you know, the wrestling world took a huge hit that day, I guess you can say. And even just not only fans, but actual performers like Kevin Owens and many, many others. The rock actually said that he studied, uh, Razor Ramon growing up and stuff like mm-hmm. that and like The Rock has kind of been tributed to being like a student of the game and Razor Ramon I guess is somebody who complimented that of The Rock and The Rock recently said that Razor had no idea that it was actually him that The Rock was studying so just a little bit of a touching moment there you know one from one Hall of Famer to another just sad but definitely you know shout out to Scott Hall RIP definitely gonna be um probably you know a lot more tributes probably going to see something like that at wrestlemania and definitely not going to be hearing the last of him you know a character like that definitely going to be living on for a pretty long time in the wrestling fans memories but is there anything else you got to say before we officially get into the smackdown oh no man yeah that was just something that i wanted to you know kind of just touch base on you know just because you know just at the time my life and stuff like that Oh, no, I definitely uh, understand that. I mean, I know you've been watching that. The Monday Night Wars kind of catching up on all that stuff. So just mm-hmm. the timing is just weird. You know, it's not, it's never a, a good time, but just, you know, coincidentally, the fact that you're watching his heyday, you know, him at the height right. of his career, just, you know, definitely something to point out. It's weird. But yeah, RIP to Scott Hall for sure. 
But let's go ahead and talk about what happened here on SmackDown. Like I said, this one took place in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it's opened by none other than Roman Reigns, the Usos, and Paul Heyman. One thing we both noticed, I'm sure it's going to be on your wish list, Roman Reigns came out in the God Mode shirt. What do you think about this? That was actually pretty awesome, man. I'm not saying I'm going to put it on the wish list yet because I got a couple that I want to, you know, get before all, all right, that. But, all right. but Priorities, yeah, I, mean, I got you. I, I guarantee you it's going to... It's going to hit the wardrobe one of these days. Hey, I mean, it's it's new. I barely saw it today. It was the first time I ever saw it. And me going to WrestleMania, I'm kind of thinking about that. Like, I'm kind of trying to get that forecasted. All right, what am I going to wear? I know for sure one shirt. I don't know if I'm, it's going to be Saturday. I think it is. Wearing my WrestleMania 20 shirt. Nice. Madison Square Garden. But I need to figure out what shirt I'm going to wear for that second night. There's some candidates. I have a Kane shirt that's pretty badass. I have a lot of other shirts. I already have a few Roman Reigns shirts. I have a Shinsuke Nakamura shirt. I do have a Sting shirt, okay. Hardy Boy shirt. Actually, never mind. Scratch that. My Hardy Boy, Hardy Boy shirt is no longer wearable because of the Jeff Hardy autograph on it. So rightful, mm. you know, a, a good reason, I guess, to, to not wear it anymore. But anyways, mm. like I said, Roman Reigns opens the show, and he comes out, and he begins to tell the crowd about how he's going to smash Brock Lesnar because Brock was expected to be there. And he said he's going to whoop his ass all over Charlotte. But Paul Heyman pulls out his cell phone and informs Roman Reigns that Brock actually isn't going to be able to make it tonight because of travel issues caused by weather in Saskatchewan. So Roman Reigns is putting on some like, you know, some act, I guess you can say, just basically acting like Rome or like Brock Lesnar got lucky, right? He's saying like he's kind of talking about how if Brock Lesnar would have showed up, then it would have gotten very ugly for him. And similar to Madison Square Garden, Brock Lesnar would have been left there bleeding with the hell beat out of him. And unfortunately, Paul Heyman has to interrupt the tribal chief to correct his previous scoop that he just broke and inform Roman Reigns that Brock Lesnar is actually going to be there after all. And Roman Reigns and the Usos like immediately take off out of the ring. I thought that was kind of weird how they just kind of ran off like that. Roman Reigns is always usually confident you know at the very least and it's not like that was like a move that's like that makes him look weak but at the very least I mean he was trying to run from Brock Lesnar after basically threatening that he was going to kick his ass so that's just something that I mean it's a hill move obviously but I don't know just seemed like a little bit a little bit out of Roman Reigns character especially this close to Wrestlemania but let's see here they do they try to run backstage they hop in like some getaway car, but Brock Lesnar does show up in a forklift honking his horn and then smashes into their getaway car right through it, actually. The, like the, I don't know what you call those, like the hands, the prongs, whatever it forks, is. I guess you could the say. forks, exactly. Yeah, on the, on the forklift, mm-hmm. go right through the windows. Clearly, they set the cameras up to where they can, you know, make this look as real as possible and then, you know, have Roman Reigns and all of them in there, but. Crazy spot, nonetheless, to have a, a car just get absolutely ran through and then just picked up by that forklift and then flipped over. So what would you think about this initial attack? Because it does continue on here, but just him coming out of nowhere, smashing their car, picking it up. What would you think about that? A little while. I was actually kind of shocked because I started SmackDown later than you. I was surprised that you didn't you know, send me a message about this. So what would you think about it? Oh, I mean, it was, it, was, it was good. I mean, I wasn't, like you said, all for Roman and them just kind of running away. You know, it's three guys against one. You got the advantage there, you know, kind of stick up for yourself. But I don't know, man. The attack backstage, that was kind of it, – it, it's very interesting, you know. See, definitely seeing, like, the whole car get smashed and everything like that. It was kind of, like, scary, you know. Like, imagine just seeing that thing coming towards you. Like, what the heck can you do? But 
I guess you could say just stay there, you know? Yeah, Maybe I mean, I would crap my pants. Side. Yeah, it's a crazy little moment, but I don't know, man. We've seen less scary things come right at us <laughs> in real life, you know? So, I mean, <laughs> you can imagine if a forklift was coming right for us with man, the prongs of a fork sticking true. out. I, mean, I think I've kind of gotten to that point to where if it was to happen again, I'd just be like, let's just go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, honestly, what yeah, the hell? But, but, um, yeah, but the the second getaway truck that they hopped in, man, how the heck did Brock rip off that door? Well, that was the. Did you see him get whacked? Like, yeah. did you see him actually take that headshot to the door, dude? I mean, that legitimately probably pissed him off. And mm. there was like that that video that was kind of circling or circling around the the internet today about Braun Strowman. You know, I was kind of oh, showing yeah. you that, and that was a nice. That kind of reminded me about that yeah. that knee that Brock Lesnar took to the face from Braun Strowman and ended up, you know hitting him in the midsection and punching him right in the face, real stiff shots a couple of years ago at the Royal Rumble. That's what it kind of reminded me of, just that door, just that, you know, the frame of the car, whatever it is, just smashing into his head. It's yeah. definitely concussion protocol worthy. You definitely got to evaluate that. But, yeah, he just takes that door with him back to the ring and cuts a little bit of a promo himself, and he tells Roman Reigns that he unleashed the bipolar beast. And he says that he's coming for blood. He actually repeats it a few times. Now that I think about it, Brock Lesnar was probably definitely concussed during that segment. But, uh, yeah, this one took up a pretty big chunk of the show. What would you think about it? I was about to say, I don't know, dude. He actually just freaking took that and got some energy out of that. You know, he kind of yeah like pumped up back there. I was kind of, oh, dang, this dude ain't no regular Joe, I guess you could say. Yeah, so that was kind of cool to me. I don't know, man. Yeah, it reminds me of that Key and Pill episode from uh i forgot how many years ago but basically key and pill are like fighting each other they're pretending to be slaves in the scene they're like slaves they have to fight each other and the winner gets purchased or something like that i mean key and pill is definitely i mean it's a you know it's it's an adult show to say the least so if you're not an adult definitely don't go watch it but either way they're fighting and one of them is hitting the other i think it's pill and he keeps saying or, like, while he's being hit, he's, like, getting stronger, you mm-hmm. know? So, like, he's saying, well, why are you getting stronger when I'm hitting you? And that's kind of what Brock Lesnar was doing, obviously. You know, getting hit yeah. like that legitimately, you say, you thought that he got stronger, and I could definitely see that because, I mean, he came to the ring, cut that promo, and destroyed that door. Like, absolutely, like, stomped on it. Mm-hmm. Like, there was nothing left of it. And I was actually pointing out to Caleb, like, it's crazy how strong this dude legitimately is. But uh, up next... Rick Boogs, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Los Lotorios. We talked about it a little bit before the show. Rick Boogs got himself a little bit of a handful there whenever he was doing yeah. like some yeah. type of like trying to get him ready for the pump handle slam or whatever it is, or the Boogs cruise, I guess you can say. Uh, what were your what were your thoughts about this match? Rick Boogs continuing his winning streak, continues to stack up wins with that Boogs cruise. You a fan of it? Oh yeah, I'm definitely uh behind Boogs all the way, man. Shinsuke, he definitely got his butt kicked at the beginning of all this stuff. So I definitely kinda of look kinda of weak on his end. But you know, uh, Boogs he gets tagged in, he dominates like how you were saying with all these pumps and everything like that. But yeah, it was it was pretty good. I uh I kinda see the the lethal lovers, you know, their kinda scheme going and stuff like that. Their little kiss cam still going through the motion and stuff like that. But I think this was a good pairing, so I was for it. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I was watching this one, and I, I was, like, thinking to myself, like, watching, like, Shinsuke just do things, like, in the corner whenever he does the 
the the vibrations thing kind of where he like you know grabs the top rope puts his foot in their face and just does like the shake you know that's one of my favorite moves i don't know why the hell i can't think of what the hell it's called but i was sitting there thinking i was like man i would love for shinsuke nakamura to get a title push like i was just like i don't know why obviously you know i was one of the biggest like advocates for him dropping the intercontinental championship but that's what like that's how easy it is to cheer for shinsuke you know you see him dominate in the ring and you just realize how talented this dude is how talented this dude is and how um how worthy he is of holding a championship, but not whenever you're going to book him like that. We're not going to continue to get into it, but I just want to see him get back in the picture at some point. Maybe, you know, win the money in the bank or something like that. You know, something that Shinsuke can do to kind of boost his career a little bit. But let's see. Continuing on here, we get a six-man tag match. Drew McIntyre and the Viking Raiders versus Happy Corbin, Jinder Mahal, and Shanky. I hate saying Shanky. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was talking to Caleb. When I was looking at it on the graphic, I was like, I absolutely hate saying that name. Like, it's just, I don't take it serious. I don't think he's going to be taken serious for as long as that's his name. He should go wherever Veer Mahan is and just, you know, rebuild himself. Do something. Because, I mean, he's got a good little size on him. It's not like the best frame. He's kind of a, you know, a odd-looking fella, you know, just as far as, like, I guess the gimmick. You know, he can come out next week and look completely different. Maybe I'll have a different opinion on him. But, you know, hearing him sing Happy Birthday to Jinder Mahal in that video, seeing him get absolutely destroyed by Drew McIntyre on a weekly basis, I mean, I hope that there's mm-hmm. something, you know, at the end of the tunnel for this guy because he's taking an absolute beating. He's looking like a fool. He has to go out there and be called, like, shanky for crying out loud. So it's kind of something that I pointed out before this match even started, and it's funny that it ends with him, you know, <laughs> getting destroyed by Drew McIntyre. I mean, go figure, but... It's just pretty wild. But before this match even starts, though, I will say uh, the Madcap Moss joke that we we're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. the quote unquote nappy, nappy talk, I think mm-hmm. it was, you know, making fun of happy talk. That was like one of the jokes that Michael Cole and Pat McAfee both thought were funny, apparently. But did you notice a little bit of a split? Like, did you notice like yep. the, the, the look that he got? And I've never yep. seen that before. I don't know if it's like a, a sign of maybe they're going to try to do like a quote-unquote organic babyface turn for Madcap, make it seem like, you know, the heel guys are going to like alienate him and kind of isolate him by himself, kind of like what happened with like, I'm trying to think what it is, like Austin Theory. I know you really weren't paying attention with it, but the listeners probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Whenever he was in a faction, a heel faction with Zelina Vega, Angel Garza, and I'm not really sure who the other one was, uh, Andrade Cien Almas. They were in a little bit of a faction with Austin Theory. And for whatever reason, they just kicked Austin Theory out of the group. They just, you know, booted him or whatever. And he was kind of, you know, moping around, not good enough to be in that group. And I just think that maybe they could do this, or at least, you know, a little bit of a version of it. Maybe at WrestleMania could be the payoff where Madcap costs Happy Corbin the match by trying Mm. to help him. You know, he just kind of, you know, trying to get involved, but it ultimately ends up, you know, biting him in the ass. Mac, or... Happy Corbin loses and then takes his frustration out on Madcap after that. I could see something like that playing out, but clearly they're planting the seeds for an, an inevitable split. What are yeah, your opinions that, on if they pretty interesting. Well yeah, no, no. I was gonna say, what are your opinions on what are your opinions on if they do split up? Like I, I'm guessing you're probably joining the uh the Madcap train. Yeah, I'll definitely hop on that side. Just I don't know, I mean, I just see him as a good up and comer, I guess you could say. So, yeah, I'll definitely be on his side. But like you said, uh, yeah, whenever he had said that, like, yeah, you definitely got that little that little eye glare from Corbin and everything like that. So you could definitely tell that there was something in between that. But 
I don't know. We'll just kind of stick to our own guts and everything like that. See what the heck goes on from here. But, yeah, I was for it. You happy with Drew McIntyre getting the win? I mean, just absolutely destroying Shanky? Well, I mean, to me, man, Shanky has gotten the nickname. I, I'd just say this from my point of view. Shanky the crash dummy. You know, just, that's well, what I see this dude do every time, either taking like claymores or right, just getting beat up, period. You know, that's just how I see him. So, I don't know. All those tough bumps. He's definitely, you know, taking a beating, taking – most of the losses, and that's the worst part. Yeah, he gets the hell beat out of him on, mm-hmm. a, on a weekly basis, but he's the one that's getting pinned. He's the one yeah. that's, you know, having to take these falls because sometimes you don't recover from that. You know, whenever you lose on a weekly basis, you can't just convince the crowd, hey, I know you saw me get my ass kicked for three months straight, but believe me now, I'm kicking these dudes' ass and I'm winning. You know, it's sometimes tough for uh, for fans that like believability, you know, gotcha. and that's kind of something that I definitely like whenever I'm watching wrestling, but... Let's see. We'll move on to another match here. And this was actually what I think was the best match of the entire night. The women's tag team match between Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley. The women's tag team champions, Zelina Vega and Carmella, guests on commentary. Like I said, I thought this was a really great match. It ended up getting ruined by Natalia and Shayna Baszler. They came out and interfered, causing a disqualification. And then the champs who were on commentary come into the ring and they kind of pick the bones of the beaten teams that Baszler and Natalia attacked. I do think that the women's tag team division is finally starting to get interesting now that all these teams are kind of starting to go over. And I'm, I know I'm actually going to say this, but starting to go, you know, cross brands. And we're starting to see, like, I absolutely loved getting to see Liv Morgan today. Like, okay. I, I did. I mean, listeners of the show know, huge Liv Morgan fan. So I, I was excited whenever I saw that. Like, are you kidding me? We're actually going to see Liv Morgan on SmackDown tonight? Like... Is it my birthday or something? So I was really, you know, looking forward to seeing that. And I was hoping that she'd get the win. So the match was kind of building up. And, and, and as it was going on, I was thinking, like, dude, like, this is a really good tag team. Talking about Rhea mm-hmm. and Liv Morgan. And I'm actually really high on Sasha Banks and Naomi. So I was kind of just thinking, like, maybe I was a little bit too hard on the women's tag team division as a whole. Like, I think that maybe it could be a situation where, like, it's more of, like, a big picture type thing. Like, yeah, they're going to go through some pretty crappy stages where, like, there's months on end where they might be, like, underutilized. Or you might not like the booking or who's being booked in those matches. But there's going to be times where maybe down the road more women come on the roster. Maybe people get elevated a little bit. Or just, you know, the environment shifts. That's kind of what happens. Things change in the WWE as years go by. And it's just kind of like phases. I think maybe there could be a phase or something like that where we end up getting the women's tag team division being pretty stacked because there's no shortage of of women's wrestlers on the roster whenever you include NXT and all that stuff. So I think that there is a place for it, but I just hate seeing a, you know a championship type of like I guess caliber women like Sasha Banks. You know she's like extremely good. So seeing somebody like her being in this type of mid-card type cluster with all these, like, I mean, there's like three or four tag teams. Now, obviously, with Natalia and Shayna Baszler inserting themselves and then Sonya Deville coming out a little bit later in the show and making it official that they're going to be added to that championship match. So now it's going to be a fatal four-way at WrestleMania. And, I mean, that's the only thing that I'm not, you know, a, a fan of with the women's division is you know, they don't have true tag teams. They're having to pluck people who are, you know, better than that, so to speak, quote-unquote. So 
if they make the division feel more important over like the next few years, like, and I'm not saying it has to be that long. Like if they do a damn good job with it over a couple months and that's kind of the situation that we're in. But as long as they make the, make the division feel important, I think that it is going to be in a good spot at some point because they are starting to, you know, I guess invest some, you know, some talented people there, you know, like Sasha Banks being in that picture. Although, you know, there are some people who are huge Sasha Banks fans and they know that she deserves better. She is making that division elevated a little bit. Having somebody there, they're clearly going to bring their eyeballs. So, I mean, Sasha Banks draws eyeballs. Having her there, I mean, I guess there's, you know, sides to each coin of it. But I guess what I was trying to say is just I'm going to give the division a little bit more time. That one anyways. The men's division, it's been around for years. There's no reason why they should be, you know, fumbling the bag on that division. But obviously... The interference, this match kind of got ruined, was the best match of the night. What were your thoughts on this specific match? I agree with uh, what you were saying about like how the division's kind of uh, developing and everything like that. I kind of feel like, I mean, at this point, I mean, we have our champions, you know. I mean, so basically everybody else has to kind of fight for like that, I guess that number two spot, you know. And then I'm pretty sure like, you know, nobody's wanting to do that. So so seeing the pairing between like some of the the great superstars i guess you could say is 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 good you know i mean of course we got like some good matches developing out of all of that and everything and like you said uh seeing like live and Rhea, i mean i kind of feel like Rhea gives live like uh, another type of energy you know kind of like that dark side type thing that she needs to kind of like fall into so i think it's all good i'm definitely not complaining about it I feel like you know, kind of same thing going on with, like, the men's side. You know, we got those two. I mean, of course, Brock just comes in here, dominates whatever side he wants to go to. So, I mean, there's really nothing the other guys can really do, you know. So, take those tag team cha- uh, championship belts and just run with it. Yeah. I'm right there with you, bud. But it does get a little bit interesting here in the show next. For me and you, obviously, big fans of Pat McAfee, he gets, quote-unquote, summoned to Vince McMahon's office. So I really didn't know what to expect here. Pat McAfee just tells him, hey, you got to go, and uh, I don't think it's going to be very good. So they go to commercial break. Whenever they come back, Pat McAfee's already on his way back, and he's basically coming to the ring. I'm sure he was told, hey, this is what you got to do, and he's told, hey, you got to apologize to Austin Theory for attacking him last week. So Pat gets in the ring, and he's starting to cut a damn good promo. I will say, you know, he's basically, you know, you know, spilling his heart out, talking about how he's always kind of had a dream of being a professional wrestler and thriving in the NFL as a punter and all the other business avenues that he's gone down. He's always had his heart focused on the WWE and actually competing inside the ring. So it is an honor for him and a dream come true to get to do this at WrestleMania. But if he does not apologize to Austin Theory, then it's all for naught. Like he's going to get it taken away from him and possibly worse. So he does just that. Austin Theory actually comes out, though. He comes and he kind of gets in his face. But Pat McAfee, or I guess he gets in his face and he kind of demands, like, hey, you got to apologize to me as if we didn't already know. So Pat does just that. But they're kind of like backhanded apologies, you know, like they're kind of like shots at the same time, basically saying, I'm I'm sorry for beating your ass last week. And then he apologizes for his parents raising a douchebag. And then he apologizes for making his filter face relevant. And then Austin Theory gets a quick selfie with him, says that you apologize, and shoves him and then runs away. What were your thoughts on this specific segment right here? Oh, man, this is this is great. I know it's just probably like a, 
like a little side match and everything like that. But this has so much, so, so much behind it, you know. Like, I mean, I, I'm all, all for it. And like you said, Pat, he cut that, that promo. Like it was, it was great, just, yeah. yeah, like he's, he, like I wouldn't even say he practiced. Like it was like natural, like, you know, facial expressions, yeah. tone of voice, everything. It was just, it was great. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like, like, like he's ready for it, you know. I mean, like you said, big fan of him and everything like that. So it's kind of cool to see. Like this other side of him, other than on the part well, the podcast side of it, you know, because like he's more of like the jokey, you know, type. Yeah, I don't know, but the whole group of them and stuff like that. So yeah, so to see him like have like that anger in his eyes and stuff like that, man, it's yeah, I'm, I'm hooked. Yeah, he's thriving. He really is, and I'm a fan of what he's doing. Obviously, he does feel like a natural. You talk about him just cutting it on or like cutting a good promo on the mic. Because, I mean, he's such a good talker. Like, he has a talk show, obviously, three hours a day, five days a week, and then going on, traveling to whatever city SmackDown is, and, you know, doing that with Michael Cole that night. This dude is a busy workaholic, mm-hmm. like he, and, and that's his moneymaker, is his voice. He's one of the best people on a microphone on the planet right now. WWE is lucky to have him, and... Just, you know, I, I agree with you, kind of seeing him, just this physical side of him, you know, yeah, him, you know, yeah. showing this aggression. We kind of saw it when he had a match with NXT, or a match at NXT, but that was kind of different. It was built on, like, Pat just kind of, like, being an asshole, you know, to the Undisputed mm-hmm. Era and all that stuff. You know, it wasn't really, like, him having a reason for all that, you know? Like, I know Adam Cole kind of showed up in a studio, freaking slapped his microphone and all that stuff. If you haven't seen that video, you actually need to, like, where that program started. Mm-hmm from an interview in Pat's office, but where that one started and where this one started is kind of different. I mean, Pat's at a completely different spot now. It's a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. Pat's obviously probably going to be a lot more, you know, prepared for this one. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I really am, you know, being there. I don't really know which night it is. I think it might've been already announced, but I might've slipped my mind, but either way, this is one that I'm 100% getting behind. I hope Pat McAfee puts on a hell of a show. Kind of similar to what, like, Bad Bunny did. I think, what, was it at WrestleMania last year? Whenever Bad Bunny teamed with uh, Damian Priest versus The Miz? I think it was, yeah. It was at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. But anyways, we can continue on here. And it was Kofi Kingston versus Ridge Holland. Got to be weird for Kofi. You know, obviously the stuff with Big E from last week, mm-hmm. just stepping in the ring with him. And I know, you know, Rich Holland went to check on Big E. It's not like he did any of that on purpose. It was clearly an accident. So there's no, like, animosity or anything like that. But just as a human, you know, with real emotions, it's got to be kind of weird, you know, stepping in the ring a week later with a dude who legitimately might have ended your best friend's career. You know, so that, I thought that was just kind of kind of weird. Ridge has probably got a little bit of, like, a Nia Jax vibe going on right now. Not like a continuous... You know, injuring people, I don't want to, like, associate with him for that, so please don't get it twisted. I'm just kind of saying, like, you don't want to really wrestle Nia Jax if you're a women's wrestler. That's kind of what I was trying to say. And, like, at this point, I mean, if I just saw Ridge Holland, you know, just uh, drop Big E on his head, I mean, imagine what he could do to somebody who's a lot smaller. It's pretty mm-hmm. much what I'm trying to say. And accidents happen, so if not like he's trying to do it on purpose. But if I was in the WWE, I'd probably be like, yeah, I mean, I would much rather go wrestle Ricochet right now or somebody else. But anyways, let's see here. Uh, Sheamus, him and Butch, they kind of make another appearance here. They try to get involved a little bit. Kofi Kingston kind of has the upper hand, but Rick, or Sheamus gets on the apron, and then Butch goes around gets on the apron as, as well. 
The referee tells them to go backstage. He tries to ban them from ringside, but they don't truly go backstage. They kind of just walk up to the stage, and then they watch like the remaining like four minutes left of the match. I'm not really sure exactly how much time was left, but they stay out there, and they kind of just continue to like get closer and closer to the ring. They continue to get involved, and Ridge Holland does end up winning with the Northern Grit, and uh, Butch goes out there. I think he might actually put his hands on Kofi. I don't really know. I know that he gets pulled off him by Sheamus. Do they have a little altercation after that or? Yeah. Well, he was basically just, um, you know, doing his little run out type thing, but he, oh. nothing actually happened. Cause he was like, you know, chomping at the bit to get in the ring, you know, like having to be, you know, held back. So that's kind of what, like I was wondering because I might've looked away. I might've like, you know, been on my phone or something like that. Yeah, man. I kind of, I mean, Right, right, right out the bat, man. I'm off the bat, I guess you could say. I wanted uh, Kofi to, you know, just handle Ridge. I mean, just just because I like, like you were saying, I know it was an accident and everything like that. But yeah, whenever you're, like you said, best friend gets hurt, you know, I mean, you kind of have that like, oh, I need to kind of get that revenge, you know, kind of, kind of stick up for me yeah. in a way, you know. So I mean, I kind of felt like, you know, Kofi had something to prove there, but. Yeah, it kind of didn't go that way for him just because, like, all the uh, distraction and everything. But Butch, man, I kind of feel, I don't know. I mean, a little firecracker, little, yeah. a little stick of dynamite, I guess you could say. But, yeah, I mean, he's not really doing nothing. He's just coming in, getting some punches in at the end whenever they're already beat up and stuff. So, yeah, Kingwoods, where you at? Let me just say that. That's exactly kind of what I was going to say is like you mentioned it is like Kofi had to get like retribution. He had to, you know, defend the honor of Big E. And that's yeah, kind of like yeah. what the, the new day is at this point. It's like one of them or one of them at least right now it's two of them, but at least one of them's always injured, you know, and one of them always has to be like defended. Like whenever Kofi Kingston was doing like his Kofi mania stuff and trying to like earn his shot mm-hmm. at WrestleMania and get a match with Daniel Bryan for like the build up to that match. The other members of the New Day, Big E and Kofi or and Xavier Woods, they were having to like do gauntlet matches and like overcome the odds to get Kofi Kingston in that match. So they're always kind of having to like fight for one another. They're always kind of having to like to defend the other person and things like that. So it's kind of yeah. just something. Whenever you said that, it kind of like jumped out. Like that's kind of always like the story with New Day. They always are having to like defend each other and like fight for one another. So I guess that's one of the good things you want to have for a tag team that's literally never split up. But Anyways, I guess, is there anything else you have on that one before we move on to the, the uh, I guess, main event of the show here, which is a Charlotte Flair, quote-unquote, challenging Ronda Rousey? Oh, I mean, not, not too much. I mean, just another, you know, shout-out to Big E, speedy recovery, man. Yeah, hey, he's been posting some videos on social media. I'm not sure if you've seen him or oh, not. Yeah. You know him oh, yeah. walking. He was walking around uh, with his neck brace and things like that. He's in his hometown. I mean, I'm sure he's in good spirits. He's the kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, he even said, I got breath in my lungs, things like that. You know, that's what's important to him. You know, he's a he's a big picture type of guy. Yeah. You know? It's crazy, so, the like, the heart that that guy has. You oh, know? yeah. So, I mean, it's good to see that he's doing all that. Yeah, he's, uh, he's one of a kind, for sure. And it's pretty evident whenever you look at the, like, overwhelming support that he got from everybody, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, it's definitely a a good thing to have that type of support behind you yeah i feel like kind of like this is going to kind of like revamp like the like the damper that kind of for his uh title cont- uh, contention and everything like that so i think you know fans are going to be behind him a little bit more so yeah yeah shout out to him man oh if, i mean if he wasn't already and he was but yeah. if he wasn't already over 
oh my gosh, dude, when he finally comes back, like from this injury, like fans are going to, I mean, that pop's going to be huge and you can guarantee that hopefully it's in a, a place where they're, you know, I guess a, a new day friendly crowd. Cause right. I, mean, I guess you never really know these days when those guys are going to get the booze or the cheers. Every crowd is different these days. I guess it seems like in hell, WWE can pipe in whatever noise they want. So if they want <laughs> Biggie to be cheered, he's going to be cheered. That's for sure. But anyways, yeah, good thing you said that. Shout out to Biggie. But yeah, Charlotte Flair, she comes out, and they've been giving this the main event, this segment here. Last week, they ended the show with Ronda Rousey getting thrown all over that car, falling on the ground, getting her like mouth spread wide open or whatever Charlotte was doing to her. Well, we get a little bit more of the same this week. Charlotte Flair comes out, and number one, I'll just point it out. She was dressed ready to fight. Yeah. She wasn't in no fancy clothes. She was in like a tight leather, black, whatever, you know, like it was a nice outfit, but it was very evident that she wasn't there to win a fashion show. She was there to kick some ass if she had to because she was calling out Ronda Rousey for Christ's sake. So she mentions, hey, my legacy is bigger than yours. That's one of the few things that she says. She also adds that Ronda Rousey doesn't have what it takes to do this as in being a professional wrestler. And she doesn't have the spine to be a 14 times women champion. And that she doesn't want to wait for Mania. She wants to kick her ass right here in her hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina, the Queen City. And then Ronda, of course, comes out and those two brawl again. Looks like it's going to kind of go both ways. Ronda, oh, sorry. Charlotte pulls out the kendo stick at first. You don't really know what's going to happen. She pulls out another one once they go outside the ring. But this one ends with Ronda Rousey going through that table via a powerbomb, which I'm sure you love to see that. I mean, that's kind of what I was looking at. I was thinking, like, as it happened, I was like, man, John is probably enjoying this right now. I mean, it's just oh, yeah. like, like it, it's oh, music yeah. to your ears, obviously, because, I mean, not only just, you know, you're biased towards, you know, the anti-Ronda Rousey, not necessarily like a huge Charlotte fan, if I'm not mistaken. You're just, oh, no, no. you're more so just, yeah, if you're against Ronda, yeah. I'm rooting for you there. So very clear that, uh, I mean, SmackDown, there's no reason for you to complain with how it's gone off the air the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, like you said, I definitely can't complain. But I was gonna point out, did you see whenever she like when uh, Charlotte tripped Ronda and she just like fell like straight on her back? I did not uh, see that. Oh, dude, that looked like you're freaking hurt, and then her lip was all or mouth was all bloody and stuff like that. See, I saw her mouth bloody after the power bomb. I <laughs> yeah. need to go back and look at. I mean, those I, little... yeah, I don't know exactly when, but you know, just something to point out and stuff like that. I was just like, whoa, but. Man, I, I mean, just speaking of blood, really quickly, I mean, number one, that's money right there. Vincent Mendoza, he might not want to admit it because, you know, the PG and all that stuff. But, I mean, go just look at what they're doing at AEW. You know, they are bringing back old school wrestling. And, I mean, literally, like, my girlfriend loves AEW. Like, she's a bigger AEW fan, it feels like, than WWE because of, like, the stuff that they see. Like, it's it gets your attention whenever yeah, you see CM Punk sure. just getting, you know... His, you know, the hell beat out of him wearing a dog collar and just, you know, dripping blood and all that stuff. And Brock Lesnar mentioning it earlier in his promo, like saying that this is about blood for him. You know, mm -hmm. he wants blood. So, I mean, WrestleMania, you, you can expect some color from multiple matches. I think that you're probably going to get some blood in the Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match. You're definitely going to get blood in the Ronda Rousey and Charlotte match. I mean, for a while there, I'm not really sure if it's been going on since you've been watching, but for a very long time, Charlotte Flair's mouth or her nose, whatever it was, it would get busted open in literally every single match that she would wrestle in. And I, I don't really know why or whatever. I mean, if it was just like accidents or if she just has like really thin gums or something like that or like how it happens. But whatever reason, like her mouth would always bleed. And I feel like, I mean, 
that that one's going to get physical. It's, they're going to want to put on a show. They're going they're going to want to beat the hell out of each other. So I could see that one getting some blood for sure. Okay. I mean, there's just a lot of good ones out there that I feel like you know are grudge match worthy. Yeah. And um, I know that they're not for blood. Most of the times, it's an accident. You know, these days nobody's you know blading themselves, trying to you know split themselves open or anything like that. So you don't really have to expect that. But I mean. As far as like, you know, accidental, maybe take a stiff shot here or there, or just like a, a situation that happened today. Like you said, Ronda Rousey hitting her mouth on the floor. Those things can happen. But I mean, I guess what I'm just trying to say is, I mean, Brock Lesnar mentioning blood, accidentally blood popping up with Ronda Rousey, just kind of maybe a little bit of foreshadowing. What you can expect here in a couple weeks, two weeks from Sunday to be exact, WrestleMania in Dallas. I cannot stress how excited I am for that. But. I mean, what are your thoughts on this uh, this segment with Ronda, Charlotte? I mean, eventually Ronda Rousey's got to get the upper hand. They can't just have her go into WrestleMania four weeks in a row looking like an absolute fool getting beat up by Charlotte. I mean, I can sit here and watch this all day like you were saying. So, I mean, definitely seeing Ronda get her tail whooped. I mean, that, I'm, I'm cool with that, you know. But, I mean, Charlotte, she's definitely showing like she's like that that top competitor, dude. You know, she's like... Like she was saying, Rounders, or I'm that mountain that Rounders gonna have to climb for her legacy. Yeah, she's not wrong. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, she definitely made that like a very bold statement tonight. So I'm ready to see how this like actually unfolds whenever we get to WrestleMania. I mean, they're making it seem like they're going to make Ronda Rousey have that like triumphant win. You know, I Mm -hmm. I mean, actually, I could see it. You know, they might let Charlotte get the upper hand. I mean, I'm sure at some point you do want Ronda to look strong. You don't want her to go in there just completely like limping into WrestleMania. But I think that whenever she does end up overcoming Charlotte, it's going to mean a lot more because of the ass whoopings that she's been getting on a weekly basis to close out SmackDown. It's just not really, you know, the traditional thing that you see with Ronda. You know, you usually don't see her get beaten like this one on one. You know, if it's like if it's like the Riot Squad or like she's getting jumped from behind or things like that. Charlotte's just handling her. She yeah. is. She's just beating her. She's, you know, out physically her. If that's just like a term you want to use, that's usually like a football term or things like that. But she is. She's she's really just, you know, making her match her intensity and all that stuff. And she's A1 on the mic like normal. Never really lies whenever it comes to like her bragging about herself being the best because she really is. So shout out to Charlotte. Shout out to Ronda. I do think that this match is starting to pick up a little bit of steam, as mm-hmm. are some other matches. So, I mean, the closer we get to Mania – the more excited I am, but that does do it for us here on the show. Is there any shout outs, anything you need to say, any plugs, anything like that before we officially sign off here on the 75th edition of our version here of the SmackDown review? Well, I mean, just kind of want to like get into like what's going on with like the, like the stories and stuff like that. I mean, I definitely like how like the tag teams are starting like to build up and stuff like that. So it's definitely like putting me into like a, another direction of like how they're like how creative is starting to use these people you know so it's definitely interesting and i don't know man i definitely can't complain about it so on the story part of it all good but i definitely want to give you a shout out man definitely give uh the listeners a shout out i mean any kind of type of recommendations or criticism that you got for us on this episode just let us know i mean we're definitely we're, we're we're testing some equipment out, like uh, we, we mentioned at the beginning of this episode. So, I mean, just let us know how quality is and everything like that. But do appreciate everybody. Like I said, do appreciate you, Matt, everybody else. Yeah, I'm good, man. Thank you.
Oh yeah, dude. Well said as always. I mean, definitely shout out to you for providing that. Like we said, I mean, this equipment, like John just said, it's our first time using it. So you got to let us know how it sounded, all that good stuff, because we do want to know going forward what we need to tweak, what we need to change, all that good stuff. But I do think that we're off to a pretty good start here. And I'm looking forward to continuing to break down these SmackDowns with you. Obviously, we're the, uh, if you want to break the news here to the to the listeners right now, we are the blue brand brawlers. If we are a tag team here at WWE 2K22, if there's any of you out there that want to go two-on-two with me and John here on WWE 2K22, you can hit us up. Like I said, blue brand brawlers. We will definitely uh, give you that work. Free smoke all day if you want to come get it. But anyways. Yes, sir. I do want to give a quick thank you to the listeners as well. Obviously, without you guys, this show sucks because you guys wouldn't be listening to us and we'd be talking to ourselves. So because you guys listen and make it interesting, we appreciate all your feedback. Whether you agree or not disagree, I mean, we love it all. I mean, if you just get at us on Twitter. Like I said, big speaker, big uh, B-I-double-G underscore speaker for John. Michael Five Ritter for me on Twitter. Just get at us, and we would love to uh, to talk about wrestling with you. So shout out to everybody who does that. If you're a regular listener, thank you so much for making this part of your weekly routine. We definitely appreciate you, and hope you will continue to do that as we continue to get closer to WrestleMania and then start the new, I guess, the WWE calendar year. As soon as WrestleMania is over, that Raw after Mania, that's whenever you know you can kind of turn the page and all bets are off. You could see you know returns. You could see them experiment with all types of different stuff. So we're gonna get some changes coming very soon. Obviously, the the belts unifying, becoming one. I don't even know what the hell to think about <laughs> that, but a lot of big stuff coming for sure. Oh yeah, I mean I'm definitely uh, ready for at least like a good like a good year. You know, into like all this stuff that we got going on. Well, what I got going on, because this is all just, just, just a big book that I'm trying to, you know, flip the pages through, like real slowly, I guess you could say. So, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely ready for a good year of following stories and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure, man. You're getting, uh, you're you're starting to you know creep up on the full year where you've mm-hmm. seen everything. You know, you're getting your bachelor's degree and you know being a wrestler's okay, man. Okay. You know, you're actually going through it, the actual calendar year. You know, you're earning it. So, and. You're doing the extra credit. You know, yeah. most people that are going through it, they're just watching wrestling and going on with their lives. You're actually breaking it down, doing the homework, you know, having a platform where you can talk wrestling with a bunch of wrestling fans. And that's something that not everybody gets to have, especially when these episodes are really good. And like, you know, a good episode of SmackDown is coming. It's easy to be at work that day and like get excited. Like, man, we actually get to watch SmackDown tonight and sit down and just talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. and like just, it's just fun. You know, I definitely uh, like doing that. And any listeners that kind of want to, you know, maybe hop on the show with us sometime at some point if you actually want to, you know, get your voice heard and just kind of, you know, chop it up with me and John. If we can make that work tech-wise, like technology-wise, we'll definitely make that happen. But anyways, one more shout-out to you guys. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.